Hey guys, and welcome to Relentless. Alright guys, we're doing it for the fourth time. <laughs> um, so I've tried to record this episode four separate times over the last two weeks, and I get started, and I end up hating it, and I start doubting myself, um, so, yeah, hopefully this time I can record, and, uh, yeah, uh, so over the last couple of weeks, I have, uh, pulled out some old journals, and I started, like, digging into them and tried to, um, jog my memory over the last, like, few years of some of the, the things that I've gone through, because, I mean, I remember them, obviously, but, I mean, I, I just, some of the details are a little fuzzy, because I, I try to block some things out, and so I wanted to be as transparent as possible, and rereading them put me into a pretty, um, pretty bad place. Uh, it was not, not a good time. Um, so then I, I started talking, I started recording and then I just, it got choppy and I got rambly and then I had a breakdown. So here we are. Hopefully, hopefully I can, um, I can talk about it a little bit and not, uh, get too choppy or too scatterbrained. Um, I just want to talk about, um, really the burden for this podcast really started, um, about a year ago, about a year ago, I was on the, I don't want to say I was on the, the other side, or I was on the end of my healing journey or anything like that, because I am still healing. Obviously the last few weeks have proven that because I have a hard time facing some of the situations still, but, um, the seed was planted for this podcast about a year ago. Uh, it was during, uh, one of our hyphen nights at our church and, um, God began to deal with me about a simple prayer that I prayed many, many moons ago. And it was just a simple God. I want to be used by you to whatever capacity it is. Um, I want to be used and then he planted the seed of the podcast and of course I wrestled with it and I went down this rabbit hole like we all do I feel like I'm not the only one but like we all do um you know I'm not I'm not wise enough I can't I can't talk about this like this is crazy this is shameful like I made some terrible decisions and um God really began to deal with me about the fact that, you know, this really isn't about me. This is to help other people. And if it only helps one person, then it was worth it. Being vulnerable and having the breakdowns and the multiple re-records and all of it was worth it if it just helps one person. So being vulnerable is scary. Um but I am going to do it. So that was the longest intro, but here we go. (laughs) Uh, So growing up, I was a 
pretty sheltered kid. I feel like grew up in a traditional Christian home. Um, we were super involved at our church to every capacity. If they needed help, we were there. Um, if something was going on, we were there. Um, sun up, sundown. Always involved. And I hated it. If I'm being completely honest, I hated it. You know, I just wanted to be a kid. I just wanted to be a kid. Um, but now I'm in a place where I love it and there's no other place that I would rather be, but I wasn't always in that place. Even while I was serving in other ministries growing up, I did not enjoy it. I felt, I felt very, um, imposter syndrome, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, because I was walking around with all of these issues all of this, this baggage, um, depression, anger. I was a very angry teenager. I was very angry and I hate that. I hate that about myself. I hate that I went through that. I hate that I put so many other people through it. Um, so many other people attempted to deal with me. A lot of the time I just wouldn't let them, um, I wouldn't let them in. I wouldn't tell them what was going on. Um, I mean, obviously they knew things were going on cause I don't have a poker face, but, um, I wouldn't let them in, um, because I was very ashamed by all of it. Um, because I was angry about some situations in the past that we'll dig in, we'll dig into. I don't know if we'll get into them this episode, maybe another one, but, um, I was very angry about the way I handled it the way another person handled it the way leadership handled it um and the fact that the situation would never die it would never die people always brought it up people still to this day still bring it up and I was just so tired of hearing about it because I knew it wasn't coming from a place of of help it wasn't coming from a place of um let me shape you let me mold you let me help you handle this situation better. Like when another situation like this arises, like this is how we handle it. This is how we address it. Um, it was never, it was never from that. It was always from a place of, of wanting to know what was going on. It was always from a place of wanting to, to sow discord. Um, and to just have the next, the next headline on the gossip. Um, so it made me very angry and I carried that there was actually, there was only one person that ever talked to me about it. And when they talked to me about it, they approached it so gently and it was in love and it was compassionate. And I admire that person so much still to this day. And him and his wife are absolutely incredible. I love them. They are an inspiration. And he has actually, knowingly or not, um, helped me through a lot of situations just from the way that he's handled it, um, handled talking to me, handled um, other people, just being an example. Like there's just, he's an incredible human. And I am so grateful that God put him and his wife in my life because honestly, like, I would be lost and 
I would not be here if it wasn't for them. They have saved me countless times and they're just incredible humans. But anyway, um, so I went through this really angry phase through all of my teenage era. Um, and by the time I hit 22, I was at my breaking point and I just thought this was the end of the world. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm so tired of being around people that don't care about me, that I'm, I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never, I'm never going to be compassionate enough. I'm never going to forgive or be forgiven enough. I can't apologize enough. Like I'm just, I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. Um, and then on top of it, my boyfriend and I at the time broke up, uh, he cheated on me. And so I thought this was the end of the world. Everything was falling apart. Everything. Which looking back now, I realize how incredibly dramatic that was, but in the moment I thought I was going to die, um, between finding out all the details of that relationship and how it all fell apart and then everything at church. Um, so I felt like during that breakup, like I really, I had nobody there. No one really liked him anyway. No one was really supportive of our relationship. And so I really felt like I didn't have anyone because the last thing any girl wants when they're going through a breakup is I told you so. And I did not want to deal with that. I didn't. So I internalized it like we all do. And I just turned to anything and everything else. I, <laughs> yeah, that was a rough time. Uh, I didn't start doing anything too crazy at that point. Uh, I just really just allowed myself to fall into a deep depression and, um, just cut a lot of, a lot of people out. Um, I didn't have too many people in my life as it was. Um, but I, I cut a lot of people out that was there. Um, and I was still at this point, I was still on the youth team and I was still helping out with that. And I finally had gotten enough courage to go into my youth pastor's office and tell him what was going on and where I was emotionally and spiritually. And I felt like I was drowning, like, I know so many people have gone through worse situations, but at that moment, that was the worst situation of my life. Um, so I went in and I told him, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Um, you know, something's wrong. Like this isn't right. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do. Um, and then I kind of went into some of the other things that I was struggling with, with the church and, um, just how I felt incredibly disconnected. And I went into some of the issues that I was, I was facing with other youth team members and other just members of the church. And how do I handle this? What do I do? Nothing I do seems good enough. Nothing I do, um, seems like it's worthy 
to be forgiven. Like I, I don't know what to do. And so I was just in his office bawling my eyes out and I just was losing my mind. I was losing my mind. And I guess going into that meeting, I had the hope or the mindset that I was going to get these wise words and I was going to get, um, guidance and I was going to be <sighs> corrected. Um, I was, I was fully prepared for anything, correction, direction, discipline. Like I, I was prepared. What I wasn't prepared for was the response that I got after I had spilled my heart out and I talked about how depressed I was and how I was struggling with processing how to deal with people and how I just, I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel worthy enough and I need help. And instead I got, did you pray about it? And hearing those words in that moment after I just spilled my guts of, I don't know what to do. I'm drowning. I've never felt this way before, or I've never felt this deeply about this before, as far as my depression and everything was concerned. And I was met with, did you pray about it? Not love, not mercy, not kindness, not grace, not let me help you not let's pray about this together. Um, I w I was met with, did you, did you pray about it? And while that is a great question, um, and had that been the prelude to wise words, guidance, anything, um, I probably would have been more receptive to it and it probably wouldn't have cut so deep, but I wasn't, I was met with, did you pray about it? And then, um, being pushed off to go talk to another, um, another youth team member about it. And the youth team member I was advised to talk to about was part of the problem. Um, so I left that meeting feeling completely unheard completely unseen, um, because it wasn't even, um, you should talk to them and work out your issues or, you know, let's, let's have a meeting together and work this out and I'll, I'll mediate. It wasn't anything like that. It was talk to them. They'll be able to help you. And it's, they can't help me because they're part of the problem. So that forced me to shut down even more, um, and not open up. So about a few months after that conversation, I was sitting in service and I was, uh, approached by a, one of the youth leaders and I was essentially, um, invited to leave the youth team is probably the nicest way to put it. 
and they weren't rude they weren't nasty they weren't anything they were very respectful they were very kind they were very gracious gracious um I feel like they handled the whole situation appropriately they had no idea of this um or at least to my knowledge they had no idea of this conversation with the youth pastor um because I didn't tell them now if he told them I don't know but in my mind in my eyes this person handled this situation appropriately however it pushed me over the edge because there was no explanation um it was just you know basically you're expired and um there was no real reason there was no real guidance uh and so that just pushed me to spiral and overthink and I was already feeling like hey like you weren't you didn't get it much support from them when you went in and you told them you had an issue so now because you have an issue and you don't know how to handle this like you're being cut those words weren't said that was my assumption um but there was nothing anything there was not anything that pointed otherwise there was no follow-up meeting there was um no closure no one reached out um I didn't have another follow-up meeting with my youth pastor I was just kind of cut and sent on my way and so it was it was very weird um it gave me very weird vibes it gave me the ick give me the ick and I was just so done I already felt like I hadn't been heard when I went in so there's no point in a second meeting and they never reached out to say anything after that so I was just I was done after that conversation I got up I walked away I grabbed my stuff I left and I swore I was never going back because there's no grace, there's no mercy, there's no love, there's no compassion. And how can we be the church and how can we reach people when this isn't there? And I've been here at this point for 15 years and I still do not feel loved, accepted, anything. And so um, I left and... I decided that that was time to find some other alternatives, whatever that was to me at the moment. That was, that was my mindset. Um, I never completely left church. I always, um, I still came around. I was just one of the kids that like came super late, like church started at like 11. I showed up at like 12 and I left at like 12.30, 12.45 before altar call was even called. Like I was, that was gone. Um, and then once that happened, I, uh, I started to remove myself from everything. I wanted nothing to do with it. Like I was, I was going to go, I was going to go to church on Sunday because I love Jesus, but that was it. I wasn't going to go during the week. I wasn't going to go to the extra stuff. I wasn't, 
No, I was going Sundays because I love Jesus. And other than that, I was going to live my life. That was my mindset. And that's what I did. I did that for many years. So after I had removed myself um, from everything and I was starting to, my time at church was getting shorter and shorter. I went from being there from like the whole three, four hours, whatever it was, down to an hour and then sometimes even 30 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. Like it just, it really just depended. Um, during that time I fell into a deeper depression. I had, um, removed myself from the few friends that I had, um, our little group. I kind of just like isolated myself from them, which is the worst thing to do. Do not ever do that. If you're feeling unappreciated, undervalued, confused, hurt, lost, whatever it is that you're feeling, do not isolate yourself. That is the worst thing that you can do because it causes your mind to just run rampant and to create scenarios and overthink and overanalyze. And then you just create all of these thoughts and opinions that aren't based off of any facts whatsoever. It's just based off of mind games and your emotions. So do not isolate yourself. Learn from me. Don't do it. And during this time, like me not coming to church very much, I, uh, I started leaning on like my, my coworkers and my friends that I had created outside of church. And there's nothing wrong with having people outside of church. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but it's when you let them influence you against what you believe in and at this point like I didn't really know what I believed anymore because I didn't understand what was happening I didn't understand where I was and I don't know if anybody else around me understood or if they cared or any of it um I did have like one or two people that reached out during this time and they really tried god bless them but I had just had so much hurt from people that I thought were supposed to be there and were supposed to help me. And when those people that I thought were supposed to be there weren't, I just felt like everybody else wasn't going to be there. No one else meant well. No one else, like they're just doing this because, you know, they want information based off, you know, past experiences with some of these people. You know, like I just, I didn't have a good feeling. I wasn't in a good headspace. I wasn't any of it. And I just, I allowed my emotions and my opinions to dictate my choices and not what God said about me and what God said about the situation. Like I allowed myself and my hurt and my feelings to just completely take over and run rampant in my life. Um, and of course, like always during the, during the questioning phase of me, um, going out and partying and, um, trying other religions and, um, getting in some pretty deep, deep and dark stuff. I found myself in another relationship because that's how that goes. Uh, this guy was in church, um, or, attended church, I should say. And 
at first it was great. I thought I found the love of my life. I was finally getting out of here. I was leaving. Life was great. And then everything started to fall apart and I refused to let it fall apart because I wasn't going to have another failed anything. I refused. So, um, the relationship got very, very dark, very controlling, um, very abusive, not physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, and all, all avenues basically. Um, and I fell deeper into my depression. I didn't think I could go any deeper into it, but I did. And I, uh, I didn't sleep for probably two years. I mean, I slept a little bit, obviously that's a little crazy if I didn't sleep for two years, but I hardly slept. Um, I was up all night. Um, during the day I would, uh, cry for a good, like 80 to 90% of my day. I would go into the break room at work and I would cry 10, 15 minutes. Like every hour I would just go in there and have a breakdown. Um, it was, it was rough. I was a bundle of nerves all the time. I was a basket case. I was stressed out about everything. I was anxious about everything. I was worried about everything. Um, I was just not having a good time. And of course it didn't help that I was still, um, kind of going out there and partying. And so that kind of fed into everything. So it was, it was rough. (laughs) My twenties were rough. Um, but I finally got out of that relationship. Thank you, Jesus, that it did not work out. I thank him. If not, <laughs> if not every day, at least every other to once a week, that that relationship did not work out. Thank God. Um, he really, he really spared me from that. Um, so when I got out of that relationship, I really hit rock bottom because I'm like, God, I I don't know what to do. Like I've lost this relationship. You know, this was supposed to be my ticket out of here. Um, my friendships are suffering. My church is killing me and I don't know what to do, which looking back now, um, it's actually funny that I was going through all of this and I still referred to it as my church. Like I barely went, I barely anything, but it was still my church. I still believed in God, even though I was doing all this stupid stuff. So telling the story and realizing now, like, even then, like, I still loved God, even though I didn't realize it, even though I didn't know that's what was happening. Um, God still had his hand on me. Um, you know, my relationship with, with you, God, um, is non-existent. It's on thin ice. I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm a mess. Um, but so I, I went back to midweek services, um, and I had no poker face, none whatsoever, but I went back and it was clear that I was, I was dealing with stuff. I didn't hide it. 
I mean, I didn't share it, but I didn't hide it. Like it was, it was obvious I was dealing with stuff and I didn't know how to get through it. And I cried all the time because I'm a crybaby, but, uh, I was, I was beyond broken. I felt like I was ground into the dust. Like I didn't just feel like shattered pieces anymore. Like I felt like I was ground into dust and I can't, I can't fix this anymore. I can't, you can't fix the dust. Like you just, you just can't, but Jesus can. And, um, he brought me back to life once again. And through that situation, through that relationship, through the, the hurt, uh, God really proved to me that, you know, no matter how many times we walk away or run away, because I'm infamous for running away, um, no matter how many times we do that, he'll always leave the 99 for the one. And I never really like thought about that until like I was, I was writing my notes, my outlines, which I totally cut off of this. Um, and hopefully this was okay and not too flowy or too scatterbrained and it flowed okay. Um, as this is really hard because I was trying not to give, give too much, but give enough and it was a struggle. But anyway, um, while I was writing this and I was, um, writing an intro and I was talking about how we came up, we meaning Jesus, it really wasn't me, um, got the title for this, for this podcast and, um, it, one of the things I wrote here was, uh, I would choose to describe God's love for us as relentless. Um, he relentlessly chased me and brought me back. No matter how many times I tried to walk away, God truly left the 99 for me. And well, like we say that all the time, like he'll leave the 99 to find the one. And while I was writing this out, like it really hit me how many times God chased me and God saved me and spared my life. And I know I didn't give too many details and I kind of want to save some of them and have, have their own uh, episode. Cause they do go into some really, really deep topics that God does love you. God does love me. Um, and there's, nothing you could do, nothing you can say that, that you can't come back from with God. And I've done a lot. I've said a lot. Um, I don't, I don't hide that. I don't, you know, I've, I've said it, I've done it. I've, it is what it is. Um, but God forgave me and God changed me and God transformed me and he's still working. We still, we still got some stuff to work out, but 
you know, God really does love us and he really will chase us and he really will bring us back. Um, and so, yeah, I don't really know how to end this. Um, because if I keep talking, I'm going to start crying and I can't cry anymore. I can't, (laughs) I can't have cried every time I've tried to record this. I can't cry anymore. Um, but in the next episode, I kind of want to go into, um, a little more about how God, uh, changed me and the process of that. Um, and then, um, I got some, some other topics, which (sighs) there shouldn't be a delay next time because I think I got through most of the rough stuff here. Um, but yeah, guys, we made it through the first one. I'm sorry it took so long, but this was really tough for me. Uh, like I said, I know I didn't give too many details, but I hope that it still (sighs) spoke to you and yeah, I'm excited for this and I will catch you next time, guys. I did, um, want to add this in. I know I already recorded the episode and I'm sorry if the sound is different. Um, but in this episode, I referred a lot to leadership and, um, just I kind of use that word very loosely but I do want to clarify that when I make reference to this this is not towards my pastor my pastor um as far as I know uh, was unaware of this situation while it was happening um but my pastor is incredible and he is who I go to now um him and I talked out the past and he was very understanding and very compassionate and he did exactly what I expected from any minister, any um, leadership, uh, very gracious, very um, understanding. And he really counseled me and guided me through it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to put that little little blurb, little disclaimer on there is my pastor is incredible and he was really there for me. And he apologized profusely about how the situation was handled. And yeah, so this, he had nothing to do with that. So I do want to clarify.